another bonus episode. I'm Detective Harris, and this is another session of Detective School. In bonus episode number 65, you had your first detective lesson, how to shadow someone, or how to be a sneaky Pete. I hope that you put those sneaky ninja skills to good use. All right, lean back, close your eyes, put on your detective beanie, and prepare for your second lesson in how to be a top gumshoe. In tonight's lesson, you'll learn how to get a confession out of someone. Let's begin with the goal in mind. What does a good confession sound like? Here is an example of the type of confession you want to achieve. Yes, Detective Harris, I did that bad thing. You've made me see the error of my ways. I thought I could lie to you, but I can't. You're just too smart in your detective ways. Even your shadowing skills are amazing. I will put all my bad deeds in writing and sign it in front of witnesses. And then I'll restate my bad deeds to a judge and serve my time. I'm ready to take responsibility and become a better person. Now that there is a good confession. Here is how a wishy-washy confession sounds. I don't know, Detective Harris. Maybe I did it, and maybe I didn't do it, Bashaw. Any confession that ends with the word Bashaw is not a good confession. I'm going to teach you how to get a good confession rather than a wishy-washy blabber vest that ends in Bashaw. Let's start with what not to do. You're not going to use any type of violence. Forget all that humbug you see on TV. You are going to use your mind. I call it psychology because you will lull them right into a confession. Step number one, prepare a room for the confession. Don't take them into some dark, empty, cold room. That will just make them cold and clam up. Instead, take them to a room that makes them feel safe and puts you in authority. Recreate a moment in their life that made them feel this way. 
Yeah. You know that moment. That same moment when you felt safe and cared for. Where someone else was in total control. And you did everything they told you to. That's right. I'm talking about kindergarten. You are going to prepare the confession room to look like a kindergarten classroom. Start by getting a large blackboard and some chalk. Write the alphabet on the chalkboard. Now make sure you do it correctly to show the suspect how smart you are. Personally, I usually get confused around I, J, and K. So double check that part of the alphabet. You will also draw a bunch of pictures on paper with crayons and hang them on all the walls in the room. You should draw them with your non-dominant hand or non-dominant foot to make them look very childlike. Kids love drawing a yellow sun in the upper left or upper right corner, so make sure to do that on several of the drawings. Even if the drawing is an indoor scene, you should still add the sun in the upper corner. Kids just tend to do that. The next two items are the most important. A child's table and a child's chair. This is where the suspect will sit. When the suspect sits in that tiny chair, their knees should be above their waistline. That will make them feel extra small and powerless. On the small table, put a large bottle of white liquid glue, preferably the Elmer's brand. Unscrew the orange top of the glue bottle so it is open. When you seat the suspect in the tiny chair, say to them casually, but firmly, don't eat the glue. This will keep their mind distracted during the confession because they will keep thinking about eating the glue. Now, walk to a bare area of floor that is about 15 feet away from the tiny chair. Take your handkerchief out of your pocket and clean a small area of the floor about the size of a quarter. If you don't have a handkerchief, then just clean the floor with the sleeve of your shirt. I know using your sleeve to clean the floor may not sound very proper, but remember, 
you're doing that because you don't have a handkerchief. So like a peasant, you must already be using your sleeve to cough into and to wipe your nose. A little dirt from the floor isn't going to make your sleeve any worse than it already is. Now, break off a small corner nub from a chocolate bar about the size of your pinky nail. Place that small piece of chocolate on the area of the floor that you just cleaned. The last item that you will place in the room is a normal-sized desk. No chair needed. Place three large and shiny apples on the desk to show how well-liked you are. For most of the confession, you'll stand in front of the desk and lean back against it with your butt. This will create an unbalanced power dynamic between you and the seated suspect. If you want to dress like your kindergarten teacher from your childhood, then go for it if you like. That will add to the psychology and mind trickery. After you seat the suspect in the tiny chair and tell them not to eat the glue, don't say anything. Walk slowly and firmly back to the large desk. Turn around, then lean your butt against the desk while staring at the suspect. Keep your arms open, perhaps resting on your sides on the large desk. You want your body language to quietly say, I'm open your confession, but don't allow them to speak. I call this reverse psychology. If they do try to say anything, put your fingers to your lips, furrow your brow, and say gently, shh. Say it softly and slowly as if they were a child. This will doubly confuse the suspect while reinforcing your power dynamic. They will think that they have been brought there to be interrogated, yet you will stand there and not let them speak. Yep, that there is deep mind trickery. It's the same mind trickery as the glue. You told them not to eat it, and that made them think about eating it. So when you don't let them speak, they will then want to speak. This urge to speak will slowly increase over time. So be patient and let it build, like the steam 
infinite tea kettle. During this silent time, the suspect will grumble and try to look tough. They may even try some mind trickery on you. One common thing that they will do is to scratch their beard stubble very loudly. The suspect wants you to hear how thick their beard stubble is because that indicates their manly testosterone levels. Don't be intimidated by their thick stubble and false display of machismo. Instead, you will do something to demonstrate that you possess greater machismo than they do. Over the next five minutes, allow your gaze to repeatedly divert from the suspect into random areas around the room and then back to the suspect. After you've done this several times, divert your gaze to the floor area with that small piece of chocolate. Allow it to hold your gaze while you change your expression to that of curiosity. Slowly walk over to the piece of chocolate. Bend down next to it so the suspect can still see the piece of chocolate, although they won't know what it is. The suspect, however, will be watching you very closely, but allow your focus to be totally on the curious object on the floor. Take a pen out of your shirt pocket and poke the piece of chocolate as if you are wondering if it is a bug. Poke it twice as if you are unsure. Now, lean in a bit closer and squint at it. After a few seconds, pick it up very gently with your thumb and pointer finger while making a very slight facial expression of concern. Bring the chocolate close to your nose. Sniff it quickly while moving your head backwards and pulling the chocolate away from your face. Sniff it again, but more slowly, as if it doesn't seem to smell like anything strong. Stare at it one more time while holding it, then slowly bring it to your mouth and place it on your tongue. Chew it slowly without making any sounds or strong facial expressions. Finally, stand up and return back to the desk. Resume the same pose you had before you left the desk. With a blank expression, also resume looking at the suspect. Two things will likely happen.
voice that the suspect will ask you, what was that? You will just remain expressionless and shrug your shoulders. The other thing that will happen is that the suspect will not scratch their beard stubble again for their remaining time in that room. You have just exerted machismo dominance. Go ahead and return to your state of silent and patient waiting. The suspect will do the same. During this next phase of silence, do enjoy that small bit of chocolate that is stuck in your molars. It won't be long now before the suspect breaks the silence and starts speaking. Of course, you don't want them just to speak. You want them to confess when they speak. So here is what else you can do to make that happen. As their urge to speak builds, they'll begin with aggressive statements like, Why am I here? What is this all about? Once again, you will slowly put your finger to your lips and say softly, Shh. But this time, You'll follow it up with, I'm reading your mind. Now lean back harder against the desk and fold your arms over your chest. Squint your eyes a little bit like you are concentrating on reading some small print. Their first thought will be, you can't read my mind. They won't say it aloud, but they will think it. You will know that precise moment when they have that thought because they will shift their body in the tiny chair and make a subtle scoffing sound. <laughs> when you hear that sound, just say aloud, but I can. Regardless if the suspect believes you, they will then start thinking non-stop about their crime. Basically, they're just going to start thinking about all the things that they don't plan on telling you. So now, begin slowly nodding your head up and down as if you are hearing them confess something out loud. Change your expression slightly each time, as if you are hearing a different part of their confession. At some point, the suspect is going to have this small little twinge of doubt and wonder if you are, perhaps, reading their mind. But then they'll settle into a long, cold glare to almost try to block you from you reading their mind. Once this happens, slowly walk over to them 
bend over the table next to them and pick up the glue bottle. Say to them gently, It's been a while since you've thought about this glue bottle, so I'm just going to close it so it doesn't dry out. Put the closed glue bottle back down next to them and return to leaning against the desk. This will result in a major turning point of the confession due to two reasons. The first reason is that once again you've shown the suspect that you can read their mind. They know that you are correct. They had totally forgotten about that glue bottle and had not thought about it for a while. But that is not the critical thought that they will have that will turn this entire moment around. The critical thought will be their realization that they had never thought about the open bottle of glue drying out. As they ponder this, you'll see their eyes dart to the closed bottle of glue and then back to you. Their expression won't change, but their wheels will be turning. They will think about how they didn't worry about the glue drying out. And also, they will be thinking about how you did worry about the glue drying out. Just like everyone else in the world, they've always hated it whenever they've gone to use a bottle of glue, but then discovered it's all dried out because someone else didn't close the glue bottle. This now creates a moral imbalance between you two. Which is more useful to a confession than a power imbalance? Although the suspect will fight the feeling, they will perceive you as the better person in this moment because you closed the glue bottle. This will spark them to wonder if they are a bad person, which they will quickly dismiss. But the extended silence between you two and the closed glue bottle next to them keeps their mind focused on this dark thought. The suspect will start admitting to themselves that they may not have grown up to be a moral person. But when did this happen? Have they always done immoral things? The suspect will glance again at the closed glue bottle and wonder if they would have closed it as a child. 
imagery of the room will bring them back to their younger days and make them recall specific moments during kindergarten and other childhood moments. Moments of stealing a pencil from another student, lying to a teacher, or saying mean things to other children. All that will come sweeping back to them from their childhood. They will recall that the ill deeds of childhood were followed by more ill deeds in adolescence and adulthood. Perhaps they've never been a good person. Perhaps they've been too focused on short-term outcomes rather than long-term consequences like the glue drying out their life has been hard and stressful, but perhaps it is due to their own choices and actions. Is it too late to become a better person, they think? To live a life with less stress and improved relationships with others? Is it too late to be the person who worries about the clue? Drying out, you will know the exact moment when the suspect has hit this point in their thinking, when they don't stop staring at the closed glue bottle. At that point, in a soft and gentle voice, say, I'm here to listen. The suspect will slowly look away from the bottle of glue and right into your eyes and say, Yes, Detective Harris, I did that bad thing. I see the error of my ways. I'll put all my bad deeds in writing and sign it in front of witnesses. And then I'll restate my bad deeds to a judge and serve my time. I'm ready to take responsibility and start to become a better person. You'll then step towards the suspect while reaching into your pocket. You'll hand them the rest of the chocolate bar and simply say, We've been here a while. I bet you're hungry. The suspect will accept the chocolate bar and thank you warmly. You'll then escort the suspect out of the room so they can dictate their confession to the station's paralegal. But as you are both walking out of the room together, the suspect pauses and looks back into the room. After a short pause, they walk back to the small table and they push their chair in. As they return back to where you are standing, they look you firmly in the eyes and say, 
I'm now ready. This is the end of tonight's detective school lesson. Thank you for supporting my podcasts. I truly appreciate it.